Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to the Or Whatnot podcast, a super dope podcast that'll talk about any and everything or whatnot. I'm your host, Elle Breeze, and let's go ahead and get into this episode. All right, guys, I don't know about you, but when coronavirus hit, it completely changed my life. I was planning on launching this podcast pre-Rona, and then Rona hit. It stopped me from being able to schedule podcast guests and really get my podcasting life in order. And I really was just like, dang, bruh, like Rona really wanted to come in and do something and stop my life. And so I had to do something different. I knew that I was supposed to start this podcast a while ago and I didn't, but this was the perfect time. So I was able to get with a couple public health professionals and a naturopathic doctor and we were able to talk about what happens next. This was right around the time that outside was opening back up. We were able to go shopping. We were able to go to the beach. We were getting into those phases of starting back to normal. So Dr. G. Christina Young and Myron Douglas, they have some great information. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you guys are able to get some um, valuable information because Lord knows we don't know if Rona's going to come back, but this is definitely valuable information. So go ahead, sit back and relax. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Good evening, everybody. I am Christina Young and I have been uh, working in public health education since around 2002 in different capacities and currently I'm working in higher ed and so I'll be speaking to you from those angles and I'm also um, been studying racial equities so we'll be talking about that later. Dr. G? So I'm Gertrude Thomas also known as Dr. G. I am a naturopathic doctor or doctor of naturopathic medicine one of my areas of emphasis or concern is stress and stress management because stress greatly impacts your health and your health outcomes. So that's one area that I like to concentrate in. I graduated from National University of Health, Health Sciences and I'm originally from Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Good evening, everyone. My name is Myron Douglas, and I'm a public health professional uh, assisting a, a task force that is currently responding to the COVID pandemic, originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee, actually four houses down from the host. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate the um, opportunity to be able to speak on this. And yeah, not roll tide. How rude. <laughs> okay, so these, oh. are, these are quarantine conversations. So first of all, this is a real question, which might be a Dr. G kind of thing. What's up with these COVID toes? Like it was coughing, it was sneezing, it's a fever, and now COVID toes? So the thing is with the coronavirus, like because it's newer, it's, well, this strain is newer, like it's something that we're still learning about. Um, coronavirus as a whole has been around for a while, but COVID-19 specifically is new. So there's going to be things that come up as, you know, there are new developments. So like you'll see, um, like you said, at first it was just like, oh, if you're coughing, dry cough with a fever. But as we learn more information, we present that information so that people can get checked out or know what they are looking for. So yeah, COVID toes is one of the newer things that I think a dermatologist actually discovered and started speaking about in what she noticed is that a lot of the patients that have coronavirus that she spoke to had COVID toes or had the rash. So it's not necessarily that, you know, oh, okay, this is, she said she couldn't pinpoint that it was a, a, a direct um, cause, like coronavirus is a direct cause, but it's associated with coronavirus. So it's just another thing for you to be looking out for. So, so ultimately though, like what did quarantine look like for you? Let's see, quarantining, you know, as a public health professional, you know, the work doesn't stop. So no matter if you're at work or working from home, the work doesn't stop. So luckily we have that capability to where we can, you know, continue our work without having to be within our workspace. But it was interesting because, you know, one of the first few things to fly off the shelves was toilet paper. And I'm like, why are people buying a toilet paper? And outside of being a public health professional, you know, just being, you know, a like just a guy, you know, like trying to figure out, you know, what do I need to buy? You know, what are the things that I need to purchase, you know, as far as food goes? Because so I'm thinking, you know, like on a normal day, I'm buying, you know, what I need to make a meal for that day or a meal for my meal preps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to get myself into like a 
a posture of preparedness to be able to, you know, know that I'm going to be at home for a while. So these are the things that I need as far as food. These are the things that I need to um, be mindful of when it comes to cleaning and disinfecting. And then on top of that, just to keep your overall mental health up too. So if you have the chance to be able to go out on walks, which I've done quite a bit, I've been putting in some miles during this time and just connecting, you know, with people to make sure that they're doing okay. So, you know, it's important that we uh, check in on our loved ones who are in the house as well, because some people may be dealing with this better than others. So basically that's what my quarantining has been, you know, checking in on people and, you know, make sure that I have the things that I need to continue the work that I do. Gotcha. Christina, what about you? Well, and I'm also a mother of two. And so the quarantine began for me when schools closed and I'm in North Carolina. And so the first thing I was thinking about is how to keep my children academics going. But thankfully they were at both in public schools where they're continuing to get activities and assignments from their teachers. And so it's just a matter for me as the mother, being able to check in on that, learning how it is that I can go and see what actually sign in myself to their assignments. And then on the you know personal level at home, the quarantining, um, in addition to making sure we had the right things from the grocery store, because I was buying up a whole lot of stuff the first that weekend that we were, the schools were going to shut down. I had a huge grocery list just because I didn't know when. It was so uncertain. Like I didn't know when we would be able to go to the grocery store again or what. So I spent a little too much, but I that's part of the process, right? So we got a whole lot of, you know, things that would be long-term, non-perishables. And so getting the food ready, then thinking about activities for age-appropriate activities that my daughter's ones in the fifth grade, ones in the sixth grade. So, you know, that middle school beginning age, we like to paint. So I got some extra light crafts that don't take that long to do those activities, but I, that's what it started feeling like to me. And then I already had my work to do at home. So I was thankful that I could do the work at home. So the quarantining was overwhelming at the beginning, just trying to conceptualize doing both checking in on assignments for my daughters and then doing my work as well. Because I was, since I could work from home, I was expected to work full time from home. And so it, it became very overwhelming when people were, let's just go ahead and have all these meetings, have all these meetings back to back to back. And it was a different schedule. So trying to figure out, you know, how to best change my schedule while juggling these new responsibilities. So I, I feel like I work longer hours, like concentrated hours because of all this extra stuff going on. I heard a podcast actually from Oprah and she was talking about mothers that stay at home had to be the, the cafeteria workers, the principal, the disciplinarian, all these things, the, the extracurricular um, activity hosts, all the things, plus do your job. So quarantine began with overwhelm and um and as the weeks have gone on mm -hmm. i've kind of gotten about a better balance uh going outside has been very helpful so that's been key and we in the month of april we've been having rainy days and sunny days rainy days and sunny days and it was really good to get out in the sun and to feel that re-energize me so that's a little bit of how it began for me. All right, Dr. G, how was your quarantine? What did that look like for you? So for me, again, I'm a mom of one. So that was interesting, but I kind of had the feeling that they were going to shut down schools. So, and I didn't know how it was going to go. So I had started planning her schedule and she was looking at me like, mom, this, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they sent home a packet and was like, oh, only two hours a day. And I was like, oh, only two? Oh, okay. Got it, because I was ready for a full eight hours a day. We're going in or something <laughs> like, well, you know, lunch break, all of that. I was ready, but it turned out, you know, they sent home at first packets of information, so it was a lot of management on my end, just making sure that she actually did the work and 
you know, checking up on the work after they had their spring break at the beginning of April is when they actually start doing the online work where the teachers were, you know, in the forefront. Um, but uh, at the beginning, it was me and like me reaching out to the teachers like, hey, <laughs> what is this? You know, am I supposed to do this with this work? Like, how does this work? What if we don't finish all of them? Is it OK? You know, so it was that part was kind of interesting to figure out. But just been doing a lot of, like Myron said, checking in, um, especially the people that I have following me on my page, making sure that people are taking care of their mental health, especially if you are an essential worker or somebody that's having to work from home, making sure that you're checking in with yourself because it can be easy to get lost, just like we get lost in our day-to-day jobs. Going to work, it can be easy to get lost at home too. And it's harder because you're at home and you can't really just, you know, it's not, there's not that uh, switch where you just turn off. Like when you leave work, it's easier to leave work at work. But when you come home and you're working at home and you're, you know, schooling your kids at home, it's like everything comes home. So it's more important to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So just checking in with my people, you know, and my family and friends and, just, you know, getting out there and promoting myself, Dr. D. That's mainly been what my quarantine has been like. Connecting with friends, like via social media, via Zoom, going to club quarantine when in BJD Nices on Instagram, you know, things like that. So, yeah, just trying to maintain a balance while telling other people to maintain a balance as well. <laughs> Pretty much been it. Yeah, so... Of course, I'm a mom, but I have not been a mom all quarantine, y'all. I feel like I do not feel y'all struggle whatsoever, but I have been still in the office every day since quarantine started. And so I could not leave my son here and expect him to do schoolwork in the house with a TV, you know. So I have just really been blessed that my parents took him to Tennessee I made out now Braylon's still we going by his whole eight hour schedule that I made. He's got school work to do and then he's got mommy work to do and he's gotta do home ec, which is whatever my my parents need to do. <laughs> so <laughs> so Braylon's been gardening, he learned how to sew on the sewing machine a little bit, any and everything. But mostly for me, my quarantine has been like I have really tried not to look at COVID stuff because it's kind of depressing. And if I looked at this stuff every single day and these people are dying and these people are dying, like I know me, it will put me in a bad mental place. So I couldn't just look at it all the time. But in the midst of all that, the Lord was like, well, since you've got time on your hands, let me show you this. And so the Lord has put me on a journey that I was not prepared to be on right now, but he also gave me the time and opportunity. So in y'all's professional opinion, do y'all think that we're opening up the world too soon? I know that from what I understand, Georgia is pretty much opened up. Alabama will probably be opened up on the 15th. I'm not sure about North Carolina, but what do y'all think? Are we we doing too much too soon? I do think we're doing too much too soon um, to be putting the economy over health and humans' lives is not the right priorities, in my opinion, as a public health professional. We need to make sure people are living long enough to work. Um, however, I know people are really hurting by not being able to work and earn the hours and the income that they usually do. But they they are getting ready to announce North Carolina is going to start slowly phasing, opening up some things this weekend. And then the governor said that he's going to reassess what's happening to us or will happen to us after a few weeks. And then that's the way he's going to determine, do we shut everything back down or what will be the rate at that point? So I I don't have a choice here in North Carolina. I can control myself and you know what me and my family are going to do. And we're not going to go out to large gatherings where a whole lot of people are. We're going to continue to keep the six to 10 feet apart. If we do go out like to the grocery store for essential things, but uh, it, it, all of this has really been changing my life and my thinking about it, even as a public health professional, because I thought about my personal hygiene and prevention in my own space, but having the whole city and the whole state and everybody sheltering in place really, ha- and then thinking about why we're sheltering in places to prevent the spread of this virus. And because the healthcare system can't handle how many people are getting diagnosed with this because it's such a new virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this really is just changing 
how I really plan to go forward. I'm an extrovert person. Um, I feel like I'm kind of well-rounded or balanced. I have some introverted tendencies where I can be okay by myself, but I do like to get out and go to dance with my friends and everything. So I like those live sessions where we can socialize on Instagram. But this opening up the state in Georgia, North Carolina, other places is really concerning me. And I'm probably going to be one of the ones waiting till these couple of weeks later. I'm going to still kind of shelter in place lifestyle for a while especially because I identify as a black woman and the rates are hitting our populations more and more. So because of all these factors and what I know about public health, I'm going to wait these weeks, continue to do my quarantine, standing shelter in place practices, and then see what is the result after things have started to open up because I'm fearful that it's not quite the time yet. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, at the local state and federal levels, since we're in a unforeseen time that, you know, they're just, they're looking to try to bring things back to a perceived form of normal, but we're also dealing with something that we've never encountered before. So it's a balancing act. I can definitely say that uh, as far as like too soon or too late at this point, there's not really a, a too soon or too late when it comes down to other viruses that we have encountered in the past as well. So I believe it'll come, well, states can open and get, you know, get barbershops and things back up and going or whatever, but I, I believe it's uh, up to the power of the individual to make that deciding factor for them and then their families as well. So I'm, I'm in the same boat, but as far as, you know, I'm not ready to go, go out and hit the brunch spots so soon, but, you know, I will, you know, continue to have brunch and stuff in my home and, and you know, be able to do those things kind of like, you know, in, in a small scale, uh, as far as like a large scale gathering or whatever, as much as I would love to go to concerts and things like that, I like to air more on the side of caution and, you know, keep myself protected. So does this whole six to 10 feet mask and gloves, like, will this be our new normal? I believe social distancing will be something that we will practice longer than, you know, just getting back to normal, just because the coronavirus, you know, there's so much more information coming out, you know, in regards to the symptoms. Corona toes, I just found out about that today on, on this podcast, but, you know, like, it's such a developing the not narrative, but the facts are, you know, like are, are slowly becoming concrete. And then the interventions for the things that we come across, we're slowly getting to a place where we know, you know, exactly what we're dealing with, how to intervene, and then uh, how to keep people safe beyond that. So social distancing is, is a practice of physical distancing between people to help lessen the spread of the coronavirus so you know i'm not emitting droplets or you know like little forms of droplets into your face because i'm further away from you and i don't know if you you know if you're sick or the person next to me at the grocery store is sick and things like that it's uh mainly to help us keep the spread down so so that means we're not hugging hard that's the hard thing because <laughs> Of hugs, right. It's a form of human contact and yeah. it's part of humanity. You know, I had to watch myself now, you know, can't really get into that. But I, as far as mask and what's going to be normal, I think America and the world was going to remember what's going on right now. And it's some pieces that are going to continue to be incorporated. It's just like when the country went through 9-11 and new new measures were put in place in airports. And now that our country has gone through COVID-19 or is going through, there's going to continue to be things that happen, change forever because of this. For the good, I hope we are learning lessons along the way. Um, but who knows? I don't, it's uncertain. Like, who knows what, what all the things we're going to do. But for now, having a mask is important. For now, well, always washing your hands is important for 20 seconds. For now, keeping six to 10 feet back is important. For now, not going to these large gatherings is important. But how long all that will transpire, part of it too is that there's no vaccine for this. And so yet, 
there are people working on it. I understand there's African-American women working, leading, discovering what will be the appropriate vaccine for this. And so when that time comes, when that's ready, that will be another new, I don't know about normal, but a new way to consider, well, what do we do now? Are we back to large gatherings now that some people of the population are starting to get the vaccine? I don't know. So if they put out a vaccine, y'all getting the vaccine or no? I'm going to give that to Myron. Well, I'm not a healthcare practitioner, so, you know, I can't speak on that. Um, on the spot, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm not, um, sorry to knock it in your court, but I, I'm saying that and laughing because I know there is a lot of um, mistrust about mm-hmm. vaccinations across the country before COVID came. There's a lot of mistrust um, because there have been some families that have been um, hurt by some vaccines that were not tested properly before they had them. Mm-hmm. At the same time, vaccines have stopped a widespread of disease and virus spread across. The, like more people would have been impacted by a virus if people didn't have the vaccines that some states require. So this is new. This is new. Yeah. What the vaccine that's going to come out with COVID will be new. It just like every time a new vaccine was created, and so. I will be looking for the testing that is going to go on for how is this vaccine that is to be created, um, how well was it tested, and um, before it's put out there. But I'm not a healthcare provider. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a healthcare provider, my job is to let you know that the option is out there for you to receive vaccination, and that there may or may not be a recommendation coming for you to receive vaccinations for COVID-19. But you do have to be cautious um, because those that are immune compromised, things like that, you know, you have to be particularly careful. I think I, too, will be watching the literature that comes out behind it, um, both in the testing, both in the rolling it out and, you know, seeing um, the reactions that people are having, the recommendations that they're going to make as far as who gets it and when they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely be paying attention to all of those things. And also um, in doing that, also making sure that people are taking care of their immune systems either way it goes, because you can have vaccinations, but it's also important to make sure that you are taking care of your immune system, because that's what's going to help, you know, even when you have a vaccine. Like I said, if you're immune compromised, you might not be able to take the vaccine. So for you, being somebody that's on top of monitoring and taking care of your immune system is what's going to make the difference. Again, my, my job is to let you know that the option is there and that there may or may not be recommendations for it. And you make a conscious, well-informed decision for you and your family. Yeah, that is the like, takeaway. That is the takeaway. Um, so do we think that like based on the research that has been done now, do we feel like this is going to be a seasonal thing or a forever thing? I'm not sure. I've seen people saying that it might be seasonal, mainly because we are looking towards the summer um, to see if the heat is going to be something that um, impacts or de- makes the numbers decline. But I'm not sure. Honestly, I've been looking more towards 1918 Spanish flu and seeing what happened with that. And when you were talking about going out too soon, that's one mistake that they made. They didn't have the mask. They didn't have the gloves. They didn't have all the the precautions that we know about now. And they went out and had a parade, I think, somewhere (laughs) to celebrate. And the numbers went went up exponentially. I think they said Mm -hmm. as as much as three times as many deaths. So it's going to be important that we pay attention to past diseases that um, are similar or that this one is mimicking before you know we can say like oh it's going to be seasonal and again we're still learning uh coronavirus i saw maybe was it a couple of days or so ago they're identifying mutations (laughs) or new strands and so it's like it's something that we're going to continue to learn about and something that we're going to continue to study and we'll see what happens basically i was going to ask too if we could continue that conversation on what boosts our immune system so that we have more than just saying, well, we got to kind of wait and see about this vaccine, but boosting our immune system that we can maybe speak on how important that is and some of the things we need to do, uh, because that's very important for all people, but especially now and especially vulnerable populations. So I'm looking for our doctor to 
on that, but not to put her on the spot. But I, I like to hear more about that as well. Listen, this, this is my forever topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know uh, what naturopathic medicine is, I didn't say that earlier. Um, it's basically a form of medicine that combines the medicine that you already know of, the science, the medical doctors that you're already aware of with traditional medicine. So it's a perfect combination of the two, if you will. A lot of the things that we do, we um, deal with people from a holistic standpoint, meaning we look at the whole person. We don't look at just your symptoms. We also make sure that we're trying to get to the root cause of things. And so we do well with things as far as prevention and immune boosting and all of those things. So like I said, this is my forever time. So I talk on my page a little bit about the determinants of health. Some people may be aware of it. Some people may not. Determinants of health are basically those things that you keep in mind to make sure that you're putting your body at its best place for health and healing. It's not foolproof, you know, and every person is different, but it's just a way to make sure that your body is in its best position. So making sure that you're getting adequate amounts of sleep, making sure that you are staying well hydrated. And by staying well hydrated, I believe the recommendation now is making sure you're drinking at least one liter of water and then monitoring your urine. I know that some some people are like, I don't want to look at my urine yet. You need to, because (laughs) if it's uh, pale yellow, then you're more than likely hydrated. If it's completely clear, you're overhydrated. If it's dark yellow, you are not well hydrated. Please continue drinking more water. So you want to monitor your urine. Um, Making sure that you're eating a well-balanced diet. And I know, you know, there are lots of different diets out here for, you know, different people. So when I say well-balanced diet, I mean making sure that you're, you know, eating those things that are healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables. There are people that are vegan. Some people are on carnivore diets and all of those things. If you are doing either of those, please make sure that you are supplementing so that you get those nutrients that you are missing out on doing those things. Antioxidants are good either way because most of the time we're exposed to so many chemicals and our diets are not always great, and so our bodies are always kind of like in a system of go, 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 and fight, fight, fight. So having those antioxidants also help as well. You can find those in things like pomegranate, blueberries. Vitamin C is amazing. I saw an article where they were talking about the benefits of vitamin C infusion, especially in helping fight off some of the complications of things like coronavirus. Not saying it's a cure-all. I'm not saying it's a cure-all. Please understand me. I'm just saying these are things that can help. Making sure that you are taking care of your mental health. Again, stress is a huge factor in health. We don't think about it a lot, especially in today's society, but your stress levels can impact your health. Chronic stress actually can set you up for things like diabetes and hypertension and It can trigger an autoimmune disease if you're susceptible to that. So making sure that you are taking care of your mental health is extremely important. So making sure you're taking time out to rest and relax and recuperate. I know, again, it's hard, especially when you have kids and you're working from home and then you're trying to manage this. It's extremely hard. But even if you can take about 10 minutes out of your day to just really sit in the moment and just relax for two three, five minutes, then that's going to be better than not doing anything. Staying active. Myron was talking about being outside and doing the walks. Being outside is a twofold thing. You get the vitamin D from the sun, which is going to be amazing. Vitamin D, low vitamin D levels have actually been linked to higher risk of infection. So getting that vitamin D is going to be great. Also, getting the exercise. Sedentary lifestyles set us up for chronic diseases. So (laughs) making sure that we are staying active in some kind of way. And if you're like in California or somewhere where you're in the house, YouTube videos. (laughs) Dancing is exercise. Go to club quarantine or something and let loose. Twerk if you must. (laughs) Whatever whatever needs to happen. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Doing those things. A lot of it, you probably like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to sleep. I know I'm supposed to drink water. I know I'm supposed to eat well. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it makes sense. A lot of it is common sense. 
But those are the things that you have to do to make sure that you are taking care of your immune system and making sure that your body is at its best place for health and healing. Thank you. So do you think that quarantine as a whole has failed us? Um, I would say, I wouldn't say it failed us. I would say it may have exposed flaws in our own system, in our own um, ability to really take care of ourselves. It exposed us. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, what is your default? Mm-hmm. Is your default to like not do anything, you know? And for some people, it's been amazing. Some of us do too much, honestly speaking. Some of us needed to slow down mm-hmm. and to just rest, really. Like, you know, people talk about like, if you're in quarantine and you don't come out with 12 new business ideas and, you know, eight new LLCs, you're slipping. No, some of us just needed to rest. Right. <laughs> some of us, for some of us, Quarantine gave us the vitamin R that we needed. It gave us that rest, that rejuvenation, that recuperation, that time to reflect and say, yo, I do not like this diet, (laughs) you know, and I needed a couple of seconds to go hard on some Snickers so I can go back to what I was going (laughs) to do, you know. I just need a couple of seconds to chill out, to know that I don't like what it feels like when I'm not exercising. So now I can get back on it. So I don't think it necessarily failed us, but it kind of exposed us a little bit. And for some of us, it was exactly what we needed. And it made us, for those of us that are still trying to go, 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 it kind of put us in a position where we had to be motivated to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it put you in a place where you're like, I have to do this and I have to do it for me because nobody's watching me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Who Yeah, it's <laughs> me think about a whole lot of things. That I want to say, I mean, one of the things I was thinking about mental health was so important and because so many people have stigma around, you know, getting support for that. And when you are a vulner- in a vulnerable population, whether it's because of race or ethnicity or because of where you live, your community, that there's housing stress situations, there's, of course, economic level situations, then you have even more uh, mental health stress. And so that's even more reason why to go in, ask for therapy, ask for counseling for you and your whole family. And I'm talking about talking to myself as well, that we all need that support because I'm there's more vulnerability when we already are dealing with microaggressions on the work site. At home, if you're working from home or if you're working on the job, those things accumulate and that is lowering our immune um, system strength. And so it's even more, I just wanted to just, amplify again what the good doctor is saying here um, and how important that is for us all because of these social determinants of health um, stacking on top of each other and decreasing our immune system's ability to do what it was designed to do in the first place. So the more we can do to support ourselves, I just love everything she said. And I just want to say journaling, like let us not get past the fine art of writing your feelings down or writing your emotions down. And literally it's your journal. So you don't have to show anybody. You can say whatever you want to. Um, I know there are probably a lot of Christian people watching this right now. All I'm saying, if you cuss a little bit in your journal, nobody will see it. (laughs) Nobody about it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Give it over to God. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying go out here and cuss people out, but you know what I'm saying? It's real. Like the stresses that we are under is real. So if you can't get to your therapist like you normally used to, you know, if you can't get to your friends like you're normally used to, use what you can. Journal, make voice notes, do whatever it is that you need to do to try to have that outlet because your mental health is so important. Again, like I said, stress right now is my thing. That's why I am because I realize there's so many people that are super stressed. Um, And when I say stress, I mean distress because there's more than one kind. So you're uh, in distress and you don't even realize it. And then you have all these health conditions and nothing's working and you don't know why. And it's like, sweetheart, let's start from the beginning. Your life is overwhelming you. Let's start there. Yeah. And grieving is take picking up because of people sad, sadness, sadness. We're losing people um, in this quarantine time quicker than we anticipated. Right. So that's another level of, the stress that that is going on is is um, grieving the loss, and then when you have these uh, despair, I've been saying I've been want to come back to this issue of the racial disparities 
um, when you have a population that is a lower percentage in a community, but they have a higher percentage of death rates, that's an inequity. And so, when, and it, so on top of losing the physical body, you have the people that are remaining grieving and going through emotional stress from, from that at a higher level when they already may be stressed out more. So right. it's even more important, like you're saying, yeah, to do what you can. If you can't get to a therapist or a telehealth counseling, then um, journaling, there are some things. So, yeah, thank you. One thing that I do, I don't have weights and stuff here, here at the house. So like I work out with what I have, but like after I work out my physical body, I uh, take like 10 minutes or so and listen to a uh, soundtrack of a crackling fire or rain falling. And I just lay there on, on my mat and just like take myself out of the world, the news, everything that's going on to entice a response to me trying to get either riled up or depressed. And I just take that m moment and just bring myself to like a center place and just affirm that everything is going to be okay no matter what my family is going to be okay eventually we will get to a place where uh we know what we're dealing with and we uh, have the interventions that we need uh in order to you know get ourselves back to you know what we perceive as normal so yeah i agree you can't forsake the the fine art of uh prayer and meditation as well that's yeah. another outlet yeah. big huge outlet for a lot of us yes i have found myself in more worship than i have ever been it's like we don't know tomorrow what it's gonna come out on the news we don't know tomorrow what the cdc is gonna say next like i found myself just like being in bed i'm like uh-uh Elbridge, you're gonna have to get up you're gonna have to do something different so we're gonna do this whole faith over fear thing so i literally found myself just in a place of worship which I think ultimately has lined up what God is trying to do. It's like my relationship with Christ is probably stronger now than it was before the quarantine. So I agree. I think this season has definitely shown um, a lot of people what it truly means when he says that um, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Because this, this season has exposed so much of our weaknesses as human beings in general. And so it's like, because we don't know what tomorrow holds, because we don't know what's coming is, it's like, where can you turn, right? Like, I, like you don't have anywhere else to go because it's like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I told one friend, I said, listen, the stuff that I'm telling you right now today could change tomorrow mm -hmm. because they found a new development. Yeah. So it's literally, like you said, just diving all the way into it and leaning all the way into God. Like, listen, I, I don't have it. Right. So you have to have it. Right. Right. I've, one of the things people can do is participate in several different worship services because yeah. there are a lot of things that are online and people right. are going to all these different services and checking things out and everything. I saw something uh, recently I liked as an uh, affirmation meditation. It was Ayana Van Zandt and she was saying, not my will be done, but thy will be done and saying what I surrender. And then just like we're saying, things are uncertain. We don't know what the future holds we know our relationship with our creator our god and so being confident in that can help with what is uncertain yeah yeah, yeah definitely been church hopping <laughs> Listen, i go to church in london like every sunday like i might not make it live but <laughs> i go every sunday listen i'm with you chicago alabama i'm everywhere <laughs> christina i have a question as a higher education professor and a mom, what does quarantine look like in the classroom moving forward? Yeah, well, as far as on the higher ed side and the college level, we've been told that um, at our university, there are not gonna be any physical classes for the summer, for the summer. So all summer um, courses will be online. So that's already determined. We don't know what the fall is looking like. Some universities are starting to make their announcements, whether they're gonna go back or they're gonna have a delay. Um, even within North Carolina universities, there are some differences. Not everybody has announced yet what will August and the fall semester look like. But currently online has been what the conversion has been about. Um, I'm thankful that I was already teaching online um, when 
everybody was forced to go online. So I had some um, early exposure to what the online classroom is like. And so, but doing all of that, it has been a stress on a lot of the faculty to convert online for those who really enjoy the face-to-face interaction and the teaching and for the students too, who really Mm -hmm. gain more from being in a classroom in a group setting. So it's changing those dynamics and I've just, all I can do, like the reports are changing every day, but I've been hearing different stories where some predictions are that enrollment is going to be lower. Some students who have graduated high school are going to decide to not go to campus because they can't go to campus yet if the campus is not open. And so that's lowering the enrollment rates at colleges. And so that'll have trickle effects on the college's ability to operate if you don't have as many students in the college, right? So, um, but the stress for the students of can they learn in a different environment is something that we are all having to figure out. So the students who are currently in school, they're there to complete their degree. And so they're going to have to be forced to kind of push forward in this new environment to finish their goal. Or again, there's all these stories. Some students are pulling out uh, because this is not what they signed up for. It's not what they want to spend their money on. But then you have financial aid ripple effects. So if you stop, if you were using financial aid and then you stop being in school, that has implications for student loans starting. And it's just so many layers to it. There's some students who have been asking for refunds for different things and colleges and universities have to figure out all these different plans for returning students funds for things they've paid for for already. So it's a lot of different changes from, you know, how is the classroom learning going to how are you paying for your school? Do you want to go and continue in school? And, and for the faculty who are teaching, you know, how is that changing your dynamics technology wise? I mean, are you prepared and, and how can you be supported and resourced to continue that learning? So it's a lot of implications on, on that level from the collegiate level. And you asked me too about a mom. So, um, you know, all I've been hearing are, you know, the school, public school systems are dealing with some of these same challenges. It's, it's different from students having to pay for their enroll and pay for their school, but they're having to convert their all the way face-to-face courses to online. And so they're having to walk students through. I see my daughter's uh, my daughter today made a narrated PowerPoint slide. Y'all, we got to clap for her. I'm just, I'm just proud. <laughs> but um, this is her first time doing that. And she's in the fifth grade, you know. So that was her report, to, you know, for her class. It was a history report. And um, she recorded it herself. It was real cute and really well done. But, um, you know, that's the kind of like new life that, people are going to be getting used to who knows what is going to look like in August. I know recently on a local level too, we've been advocating to get more funding for the school system. I signed a petition recently that was supposed to be, uh, will be presented with the county commissioners to advocate because they are the ones that are setting up the budget for the public school system and the school system needs more money to do the kind of work that the classroom teachers need to be able to do to give to the students to get the professional development training. I'm so thankful that the school system, just to talk about childhood school systems, our local school systems is still giving out food and meals Mm -hmm. because they recognize their critical role as not only being a place of education, but for a lot of our families who are living in poverty, that was where their children were fed. Mm -hmm. And so our local school system in Guilford County schools, they were still giving out food on a regular basis. So that kind of stuff needs funding, you know, mm-hmm. needs more funding. And so it's just a lot to untangle. And I'm thankful that people are here for it. But I need for our local elected officials who may not be as attached to understanding vulnerable populations, that they really take a closer look to see mm-hmm. what's happening, where are the gaps, and how can we fund a better system for families, period. Not only that, but back to this, these mental health services, wraparound services, right? So families, parents are dealing with childcare on a whole new level that who, used, if they're used to going to school every day, there's all this new stress in the household. So 
if the school had counseling support, but now they can't go to school, we need that support for the families in the community. So yeah, it's just a lot of levels and we should all be, I want to encourage who's listening to hold our elected officials accountable to mm -hmm. make informed choices for vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different family dynamics and mm -hmm. I've been talking to different friends of mine and you know, where are my own dynamics that if children are not in the home with both parents, there's this new situation of shelter in place and what do you do with the visitation and when does that change? And so mm -hmm. these are the kind of things that not everybody's thinking about that should be a part of these conversations too. Yeah. I think also just the fact that there are people, children and spouses alike that are um, dealing with like the fact that you were talking about um, uh, school being their place to go to get food. For some of these kids, school is their place to get refuge. So that's something that we, you know, we had not considered or, you know, had not made provisions for, you know, and there are thousands or significant others that are also going through the same thing. You know, now you're stuck in the house with your abuser. So that's another thing that we, you know, I think going forward that can be addressed, that we can look at better ways to deal with it. And yes, you know, absolutely, you know, if they reach out, we want to be able to contact the authorities and help them out as best as we can. But how many of them are actually going to be able to reach out when your abuser is sitting right there? You right. know, so. Yeah. It's, it's some very hard situations out here going on. And um, I'm thankful that we're able to talk about them. And yeah. maybe we can link some resources like after this for places people can reach out to because there is help available. I know as we're saying, talking about, but there's resources ready to help, even the telehealth ways, um, so. Yeah. All right, guys, do y'all have one last tidbit that you'd like to give the people before we leave this evening? I, um, I would just say uh, surrender to the process of trying something new. Um, reconsidering how um, this time is a time for refocusing on what really boosts your immune system, on what really makes you stronger as a person, and then extends out to all your relationships and your family and into your profession. And how can we, yes, listen and ask questions uh, to learn more for ourselves what is the truth behind what's really going on? So, yeah, just recentering yourself, refocusing yourself and rejuvenating yourself um, in faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I second that definitely. Um, my thing is make sure that you are doing what's recommended um, and taking care of self, like dive into self-care, like mental health self-care, not just the spa days and all that stuff. Take care of yourself. If you need to be off social media, do that, um, whatever it is, because there's a lot going on, but by coronavirus. So please take care of yourself. Um, <laughs> my tidbit that I want to uh, leave with uh, the, the viewers, listeners, um, at the end of the day, um, I would say that we need, uh, I would like for everyone to wake up with love in their heart and love to uh, give to other people. So uh, being compassionate, um, you know, sh sharing that love with uh, essential workers, uh, sh 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 excuse me, sharing that love um, with uh, the vulnerable populations, because I mean, you know, um, some of us may be very, you know, are probably pretty fortunate to be where we are to have the, the, the protections that, that we have. Um, but at the end of the day, no matter, you know, what color you are, you know, um, if you either think that Corona is real or not, um, what we, what everyone needs most is love. So, you know, continue to wake up with love and, and be at a point where you spread that love to anybody, regardless of who it is. And so I would just say, in my non-professional opinion, I would just like really recommend that everybody like for one get a journal because I do advocate for writing um like I write pretty much every day <laughs> but also find your happy place 
because if you don't find your happy place in this season, when we come out of this, you're still going to be in a down period. Like at the end of the day, if you can't find yourself when you have nothing to do, then when everything opens up, you're going to be feeling voids that no, that no man or woman can feel like, like you have to get to know you. Like I'm an extrovert. I miss people so much but if i didn't know who i was and my identity was in christ my identity like as a woman as a mother as a friend as an essential worker because i really ain't really that essential but (laughs) just knowing who i am i know got me from that place because you know like i said earlier i was in the bed like i could come home from work get right in the bed and i had to snap out of that but it was me like fulfilling life for me versus just doing nothing. So I would really just recommend that everybody find your happy place, find what makes you happy, what brings out the best in you and literally dive into that thing because like quarantine is lifting now, but we don't know what's going to happen in November. We don't know what's going to happen at Christmas time. You know, what if, several months from now what if in christmas time like you literally can't be with your family and friends if you don't know you in this season in the happiest season on earth you're still gonna be you're gonna be in an even lower place so find your happy place and shout out to the first liners everybody on the front line and yeah, the teachers you guys are doing an amazing thing right now every literally everybody on the front lines from the the doctors to the people that are you know working to clean in the hospitals all of y'all the people still going to factories everybody that's still working shout out to y'all yes yeah. yes for sure yes there's a lot of food supply going all of those yes. yeah i love them Every, every last one of y'all. Y'all are superheroes in real life. The Avengers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, this has been another episode of the Or What Not Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so already and follow us on social media by searching Or What Not Podcast. Can't wait to see you here next week.